Coming to you live from the city by the shores of Lake Erie, Cleveland, Ohio. This is the Full Coverage Football Show. I am your host, Jeremy Somerville. You can follow me on Twitter at SomervilleCLE if you want to follow the show. Do so at FCFSPod. That's at FCFSPod. Or if you want to follow my co-host, we'll join us shortly from Stately Ward Manor. You can follow Drew Ward at Ward2967295. We're two weeks from the draft, kids. Two weeks out. It's coming up. Finally something to look forward to. I mean, here in Cleveland, we've had 70-degree weather to tornadoes to snow to crazy winds right now. To And everyone's dealing with coronavirus. We need stuff to take our minds off of the coronavirus. And that's what we're doing here for you tonight. And we'd like to say that everything, everyone who listens to tonight's show is helping out people with coronavirus. Because all proceeds from last week's show and this show will go towards the CDC Foundation's fight for the coronavirus, COVID-19. So, enough of that. Let's get into the show. Tonight, we're going to bring on Drew. We're going to talk Bill O'Brien, Tua Tagliavoa, Tagliavoa, which I butchered last week and did just again now. We're going to talk about some of our favorite draft picks for this year's draft, who may go too high and who may go too low. We're going to talk New Jersey's from the Falcons and the Buccaneers and maybe the Browns who get New Jersey's next week. And then we're going to finish the show with our top three draft busts. So stay tuned. After this break, we'll bring on Drew. We'll have a good time. See you on the other side of this break. Hey guys, are you looking for a good place to take your kids? Not only so they can learn, but so they can be watched, taken care of. Not only watched and taken care of, but also so they can grow. Take them to Kitty Cove Daycare in Eastlake, Ohio. You can find them on Facebook at Kitty Cove OH. The teachers there, Audrey and Shannon, they do a great job. Not only do the kids love them, the parents love them. Everyone is happy there. Everyone learns. They grow. They build together. And it's more like a family than a daycare. So check out Kitty Cove, Ohio, at Kitty Cove, OH, on Facebook for your next daycare. What is happening, my brother? Welcome into the show tonight. How are you doing? Hey, man. I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. I am having some technical difficulties on this end for some reason, but I can hear you, so we're good there. Okay, sweet. So we'll see how this goes tonight. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Tonight? Well, it is Masters week. Um, yeah, it is. So I've been just watching just basically all Masters rewinds just from years past, and it's been nice. And this is I'm watching uh, currently. This is 1997 Masters. And uh, Tiger Woods wins the Masters by 12 this year. So absolutely bonkers. Yeah, nobody's ever came close to like that. Like you just don't blow people out of the Gus National like that. So <clears throat> it's uh it's a good one to watch. It's fun. Um, it's weird because he has he doesn't even have his his Scotty in the bag. That's how when I mean, he has a Scotty, but it's not the normal the Newport two that he normally plots with. So it's weird, but uh. But it's fun to watch. I mean, I was watching some super old stuff earlier, like back in the the, the seventies, and uh, yeah, it basically some of the some of the story times are tough, right? <laughs> I, I would rather be watching something better, but this is where we're at. It's amazing we ever watch anything in standard definition at this point. You're right. I'm You're so insanely right. spoiled that if something's on and it's in standard definition, I'm like you know, I, I just can't do it because I got it's, the world problems. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. And it like, it just like, things just look so much better ever, like, especially with like sports and stuff. Like, 
Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it's been kind of cool though that you know some some stations and uh, and whatnot have been been putting up some old stuff, you know, kind of some nostalgic stuff. Of course, being Masters Week, you know, the Golf Channel's got a lot going on with that. And I did read that Jim Nance sat down with Tiger and Phil and replayed their Masters wins. Phil's no five. Um, well, Tigers won it a gajillion times, but his most recent one in 2019, and they just like sat down, and I guess those guys hung out for like three hours just doing commentary, and so like that's going to be on TV this weekend, so you got to check that out because it'll be cool to get that insight from Tiger and uh, and Phil, and uh, they just recorded this not not long ago because they were doing it from home. Nobody's got nobody's got a damn thing to do, so Tiger felt like yeah, I guess we'll do. I mean, why not? Well, let's do it now. We're going to go from something great in Tiger and Phil and the Masters mm. and go into something that that's not so great, and that is Bill O'Brien. Tonight, Bill O'Brien strikes again. He trades for yeah, Brandon right before the show. Receiver, Brandon Cooks, 26 years old. He gets a fourth-round pick in the future, I think, of 2022, but then gives up a second-round pick in this year's draft, which is – possibly one of the best drafts for, well, wide receivers. And this yep. is after he traded away possibly the best receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. Top three. Dude, top three. Any, any, you know, anybody will agree with that. So we'll say top three. And you traded for Brandon Cooks, who <laughs> Brandon Cooks, listen, is injured all the time and he's got concussion issues. And that's nothing against him. It's just a fact, right? I'm not ripping the guy. He was on my fantasy team. I know the dude's hurt all the damn time. Um, that's a lot. I mean, I just, I just like, what's he doing down there? Like, he – yeah. In, in the Rams, dude, the Rams – the unbelievable part about this whole thing is – so listen to this. The Rams are eating $38 million in dead cap because you got Gurley at $20 million, Cooks at like 17.8. They're eating that. And then you have Jared Goff that makes – it's a $36 million hit. And the Rams realize – and we talked about this. The Rams realize you can't just go out there and just buy a bunch of Ferraris because eventually you got to pay the bill. Like, you know what I mean? You can't like – and that's kind of what they did. They went out and splurged and spent money on all these big-name guys. And the way they structured the deals, they're just getting killed right now. Um, and we think – we don't even know if Jared Goff's good. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about on the show how you set your team up for while your team has the rookie contract for your Correct. franchise quarterback. Now, they did that, but they also then continued to try. They, to kept, they kept going, too. Once they gave Goff the most insanely massive contract for a guy who could not get it done in the Super Bowl once his helmet cut off the communication with his head coach, Sean McVay. Now, Goff is a good quarterback, but he's not – he hasn't proven to be anything other than a solid guy that needs a lot of things around him to really work. So work. for them to give him that money, it's insane. But for them to also get out of this contract, which is four years, $47 million, which if you look at Brandon Cook's stats, yeah, he's a very good player. Now, like you said, he had horrible con- concussion issues. I mean, he's a yeah. in the shower away from possibly ending his career. Trust me. I know who you heard of job at best. I mean, Javid Best was the same deal. Like you can, you know, like eventually they advise you, hey man, that's it's not good. <laughs> you get, you got like eight concussions. That's not great. 
And there's a reason that at 26 years old, he's been traded three times already. Correct. Correct. He and I good. think every time he's been overvalued in the trade. He's been, they've gotten what, a first round pick, first round pick, and now a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he got traded for first round picks before, but this was the guy who was healthy. These concussion issues and the fact that he can't stay on the field changes who he is. And with Correct. four years and $47 million remaining on that deal, it's mind-boggling to me that O'Brien would bring that in after he gave up Hopkins and his three years, $38 million. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's the thing. The fact that they paid Randall Cobb ridiculous money, that they turn around and are going to pay this money – to to Brandon Cooks, it's just to me, it's just what are you doing? What are we? Are, are we gonna act like having Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks is like even half the equivalent of having DeAndre Hopkins? Because it's not, right? It's 100%. not. It's nowhere near. Randall Cobb paid, played for Peanuts last year in Dallas, and then they paid him like three years, eighteen million or some crazy shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Randall Cobb's like, man, the. the most of the other teams were offering it was like nine total. They're the offering. It's like, all right, I'll go play for the Texans. I, it's just a, it's strange moves. I think clearly the DeAndre Hopkins thing's personal. That's I just personal, that. dude. Like you don't you don't ship out a player like DeAndre Hopkins for 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 dude that's hurt all the time too. Like their their team could end up just with a bunch of just tons of injured guys just based off of the way that they're doing things. Um, they have a nice core if you look at it. I mean, yeah, you look at it, but the fact they don't even have a first-round pick, they're – I mean, if they had a first-round pick, they would have probably sent that shit. <laughs> you, right? You know, Billy would have came in. He'd be like, yeah, I'll send you that first-round pick. Yeah. No problem. Since August 31st of last season. They've made like 12 moves or something. I saw – I was reading something about that. They've given up DeAndre Hopkins, Jadavian Clowney, their 2020 first, second, third, and fourth round picks. Their 2021 first and second round picks. Johnson Batamosi, Julian Davenport, Martinez Rankins, and a 2026 round pick. So they basically are just throwing away picks. They've acquired Laramie Tunsil, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, Kenny Stills, Barkevius Mingo, Jacob Martin, Gary and Conley, Carlos Hyde, 2020 second, third, and fourth round picks, and 2021 fourth and sixth round picks. <laughs> so they don't have a first or they don't have a first next year either. No, or no, that's right because that was the uh, was that the the Tunsil deal? Tunsil deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is some this is some wacky ass GME, dude. Like this is middle of the season. Fantasy football, not franchise, but like single season fantasy football, you're desperate to try to make a move. And you're oh, yeah. giving away players in hopes that you get someone who gets a hot hand. And the thing the, the and the thing is you have Deshaun Watson, who's incredible. And how do you think he feels about Nuke just walking out? Tell me right now, if you are a team like the Dolphins with three first-round picks or the Raiders with two first-round picks, tell me why. what would stop you from taking two of your first-round picks saying, hey, Bill, you know, you could have Deshaun Watson or you could have, you know, <laughs> the mystery two box. mystery boxes. <laughs> yep. I mean, they could even be a Deshaun Watson. 
One of them could be. Yeah. It could even be if you get One lucky. It could, could even be Deshaun Watson. You're exactly right. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's I, he's just kind of like, and, and Deshaun Watson's good enough to where like this team's making the like, but like he's slowly kind of like they have no draft capital. You can't you you can't sit there and tell me you think that rosters better in my opinion than even was last year. You lose to Andre Hopkins. He's, I mean, and and. You don't have picks forever. For Lermy Tun- man, that that, that Lermy Tunsil and Kenny Stills deal still like baffles me a little bit. Like I felt like they just gave up the bank for that deal. And they did. But I understand wanting to bring in a left tackle, but the thing with Deshaun Watson, and it's what makes him frustrating at times, and it's also what makes him great at times is that he drops so deep in the pocket sometimes and holds the ball for so damn long. It's mm-hmm. like you don't need that stud left tackle necessarily. I don't even think Tunsil is a stud. I mean, he's very good, but I don't think he's a top three left tackle right now. No, he's top ten. So to give top up seven. all that, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I understand the thought process, and I want to say I understand what he's trying to do here, but you've got – Will Fuller, who is Brandon Cook's light, like when he plays, they're good, but they can't stay healthy. Randall Cobb, who was the original Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller when he came to yeah, the not anymore. He's not like <laughs> now he's he's made his he's molded his game into kind of like a a uh, get in his owns kind of shifty player. Yeah. He's he got can't, a bunch of two threes. Yep, and then. The corpse of David Johnson at running back. It's just, it's it's baffling some of the moves they made. Um, it really is. But listen, this is what happens as an organization when you let the coach be the GM and the GM be the. You know what I mean? Yep. Bill O'Brien. See, the problem is too that even if he gets fired, let's say. You don't have any capital. You don't. You're like in such a difficult spot to try to build this thing back up because he just gave all the shit away. Yeah, he's like, "Go ahead and fire me. What? How are you going to do any better? I just gave yeah. everything away." Dude, like he hears like they they're like thinking about firing him. He just like trades the best player. It's like, uh, oh, I'll show you. <laughs> Bill Bryan is the meth addict whose house is getting foreclosed, and he sells starts selling all the copper pipes. Yep, That's absolutely. Basically, what he's doing here. Yeah, and he brings like a VCR. He like brings a VCR to the pawn shop and shit. Yeah, terrible. Can't give me a dollar for it. Come on, just a buck. Yeah, oh, yeah give something, buddy. I'll give you a dollar just to get out of my store. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we're all wrong and Bob ends up being a genius, but it sure as hell doesn't look like that. Nope, <laughs> I don't see it, brother. I don't. I just can't uh, see it. So let's move on away from him because we could just go on with Bill O'Brien slander and hate all night long. Let's move on to a guy who this is a big deal right now because we're not getting pro days. And when we do, the numbers are hilarious. Like my pro day, I just ran a four one forty. Guys like Cameron Dantzler ran a four six four or four six three. I think it was at the combine. Now all of a sudden he's running four three eights, but a guy like Tua comes out. We got Tua who 
we're getting all kinds of stories about, oh, from his camp, he's doing so well, he's throwing the ball, and now you got all these stories saying he's failing physicals. And your no, team aren't able to have pro days, they're not meeting with him. How much is this going to hurt Tua going into the draft? I don't think it's – I don't think it will at all. I don't – I honestly don't. Because I think a lot of this is a smokescreen bullshit too. Like, there's teams that are, of course, going to want him to – he's going to be picked in the top ten, okay? There's no way he's sliding out of the top ten. It's just not going to happen. There are some teams that certainly couldn't take him off their board, but at the same time, there's teams that know what Tua – if cleared, can be. And from all of a sudden, from what we heard, everything was great. And then I, I guess somehow he's getting physicals and failing him. Like, I, I don't I don't understand. So, here, like, he could – we understand it's a lingering thing. It would be wonderful if, you know, a team could draft him and just sit him for a year. Mm-hmm. I got a couple teams that I think could do that, but – that's beyond the point. Let's let's but, hear one of those teams. One team you think could sit to a. <laughs> Who do you got? Um, my team, the Lions. They could do that. That's exactly that's what, what I expected to hear. <laughs> um, but they're not going to. So that's not important. But yeah, like I mean, I think he's a generational talent, dude. I think the kid's a stud. I think he was going to be the over. I mean, the number one pick overall, hundred percent. If he was healthy, even with Joe Burrow's season, I still think it would have been Tua. Um, but this is, yeah, it's 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 somewhat worrisome. But again, I don't see him slipping out of the top ten because he's better than Justin Herbert, and he's unless Miami falls in love with or, or the Chargers fall in love with Justin Herbert. I just don't. I, there's no way somebody will move up to grab him. Um, I, I I still think he could get picked in the top five. I think he definitely should go top 10. And if I'm a team sitting there at nine or 10, like the Cleveland Browns and I'm sitting there at 10 and he's there, you best believe I'm calling new England, seeing if they're interested seeing whoever is interested in moving up. To- well, you got, you guys need a quarterback, don't you? Hey, don't, don't start the Baker slander yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm, plus, I'm just plus we got case Keenum. And Garrett Gilbert. Oh, we got three yeah, sorry, dude, the other day, and they're like, dude, we have Case Keenum. I'm like, oh, I apologize. <laughs> I wasn't aware. Now, I mean, we might need a quarterback eventually. No, here, I'm only kidding. Because Baker, I mean, he went well, you could. backwards last year, but that whole offense was a joke, so it's hard to – he basically gets a yeah, in for last year. So Yeah, some guys, some guys, it beats up their confidence, though, and they're never the same. We shall see. But with a guy like Tua, he's 6'1", 220. Last year, still injured, threw for almost 3,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. The biggest thing with him is they can worry about that hip. As long as that arm works and he's got some mobility, this kid, I said he's like a left-handed Russell Wilson, but he's not as mobile as Russell. He doesn't have to run as much. He's great. He doesn't have to be. And he is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've seen come out in the past five years. His deep balls are better than anyone who's come out in the past couple of years, probably since Andrew Luck. And I love Joe Burrow. I think he's clearly the number one pick and had probably the best college season we've seen in history last year. I still like think if healthy Tua is better than Joe Burrow, in my opinion. To see those two battle against each other, if we could have had the full draft process and healthy guys, that would have been unbelievable to see. But if you're a team who needs a quarterback – 
I like Jordan Love, and we'll talk. About, I got. I'll talk about him later. Yeah, I we'll really get, like yeah. Jordan Love, but there's no way in hell I'm going Jordan Love over Tua. No, and no. Who knows who's listening to this podcast? Neither one of us are that high on Justin Herbert. He's a big. Guy. You love Justin Herbert, dude. <laughs> but regardless of who loves him, he's <laughs> not better than Tua. No, he's not. Now his body can take a pounding because he's six six two forty, but he's not better. It doesn't matter. Who reported that teams? Are out. I saw the I saw the tweet earlier. I just didn't know. Like, I, and how would these teams? How is he feeling their physical? Are they getting like physicals from specific people in those areas? I mean, how? Because there's certainly no travel. No. So so how how is how is y'all all of a sudden just failing shit? It's got to be. Let me see if I can pull up exactly what it was. But it's got to be anyone in the area he is that they're contacting doctors. It's an unknown wrist injury that's come up now. And it's this feels like Saban and Belichick are like a wrist injury? A wrist injury is what it is. That's see that's like what what wrist injury from what? They're concerned about the hip. I mean this is a reason that maybe Miami is, you know, higher on Justin Herbert. But now they're saying his I mean the interior <sighs> wall fracture and dislocated hip was an issue. But he also injured his right ankle a month earlier. The previous season, he had the sprained ankle and the right knee and broke his left index finger. And now they're saying there's a wrist injury. And there's reports that, according to Cameron Wolf, Lee Steinberg, they've talked to his agent, Lee Steinberg, and these are overblown. The two doctors have cleared to his health. But there are still reports out there that, let's see who... I'm trying to find exactly who said it. No, because it kind of seems like smokescreen bullshit to me around this time. And we hear it every year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it kind of feels like to me. Because we've heard all these positive things. And then all of a sudden, your team's telling me that you've been getting these physicals. And, like, this doctor says he passed. And, like, so so is he going? How many different doctors in Tuscaloosa can you bring him to that some are going to determine he passed and failed? Like, I just, I don't know, man. Here's the deal. Dude's been dinged up, but don't act like so. Like the thing is, also, you can say he's had injuries, but the dude's played football. Like it's not like he's missed tons of time. No, outside of like what's happened. Like the guy's a warrior. The guy plays. Like yeah, guys have fractured fingers. Like guys get dinged up. Like it's a violent sport. But like you can you can have these these doubts about every quarterback. Remember when Matt Stafford came in, he got hurt, and he was out for the entire season. Um. It's just like you worry about stuff like that with guys all the time. But man, football's football. I think uh, that kid definitely better than Justin Herbert. Definitely better than Jordan Love. Um, and I think that that a lot of this is just gonna it's overblown. I still think I still think he goes top five, maybe top six, but he's inside the top ten. So if you're a GM and this is a year where you need your team to get that franchise quarterback. You're throwing all your chips regardless of what you've heard. You're throwing all your chips, your jobs, their stability, everything, your family's stability in that city, everything into the Tua basket. You're doing your homework, right? Yep. Like, so so your team, like, let's not act like like I'm just sitting here listening to what the other Rockets are saying. Like, I'm definitely looking into it myself, right? I'm getting my own answers. Yeah, I definitely tried to beat you with that question. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm not going to just do with that. Like, 
you got to figure it out too. Like, and, and your team's going to do your due diligence and they're going to look into it. And they're going to see if it's, if it's something that's going to be work for them or if it's not like, but, but at the same time, I think that teams need to strongly consider. And, and, and again, as like a Lions fan is, I don't, I love Matt Stafford, dude. I, I don't, you know, you, you don't hear me killing Matt Stafford. It's just like, at some point, some I think Matt Stafford might need a new scene, you know, some new scenery. He wants to win in Detroit, but it just hasn't happened. So sometimes, but and you let you can draft two and let Matt Stafford play. Matt Stafford has a great season with and then you 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 reassess where you're at there, and then you have a, an asset on your hands that you can do different things with. Because having a young quarterback, we know is a good young quarterback is the greatest asset out there. Yep. So I, I think. I just think that it, there's some team if if he starts to fall past six, there's some team that's jumping up and 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 taking advantage of it. Absolutely, Raiders, yeah, even Patriots, Patriots, and these teams have to do it. And it's going to be weird because we'll move on to our next subject here. It's going to be weird for these teams because they're going to have to make decisions because everybody's going to be alone. There's no group gathering, according to Roger Goodell. Everyone's going to be alone in their own home. And these guys are going to have to – I mean, they have Zoom. They have Microsoft Teams. You know, you got your Listen, phone. Damn. You got everything. You have everything in front of you to make this work. But it's going to be really like a fantasy football draft where you're doing it remote. And I almost somewhat disagree with that. I, I have a feeling GMs and, and head coaches are going to be in the same room. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I think teams like, will definitely try to do that. But, I mean, the, the memo came out. They're going to try. They, Roger Goodell doesn't want them to do that. Listen, we're in weird times, man. Yep. This, uh, this draft's going to be weird. Now, here was my thing that I was laying in bed last Not that you guys care. But I was laying in bed last night, and I was thinking, will this affect – do you think that the NFL, based off of them not being able to have that draft in Vegas this year, will affect next year's draft in Cleveland? Will they push next year's draft in Cleveland a year back and allow Vegas to host a draft? No, they've, they've already said uh, – I've already heard that Cleveland goes on as scheduled and then the following draft goes on as scheduled. And then I believe the 2023 draft will then possibly go back to Vegas. As long as that sucks, dude. As long as we're all able to, you know, eventually leave our homes again and co-mingle with humans. Speaking of draft, and I haven't even talked to you about this. uh, Two weeks from tonight is the draft. Are we going to be on the air during some of this draft? I think we should probably try to stay on air for the first round, or at least part of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, hearing us. I'm in. Unfiltered. Probably sauced by me. Like I'll be probably be doing some serious drinking, especially determining what my team does. One hundred percent live. Yeah, we might leave <laughs> yeah. you there. Record the podcast as is, or maybe we'll do something. You know, where we'll uh, we'll do a YouTube style so you can see us and our reactions. Because I know I have some ridiculous facial reactions with some of the picks that happen, <laughs> and when the Lions take Justin Herbert at three. I, yeah, I would love to see your face, or when my brown, or starts. or when they, or when they pass on Chase Young. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, we'll talk about how bad our teams are later. I'm sure because we'll talk about draft bus, but who's hosting? Like, what is like what? 
it's how is this gonna work? It's gonna be you know the regular studio shows, and they're gonna have some just one person there. I hope it's Scott Hansen and NFL. I don't get NFL Network. Damn it! All right. I mean, they're gonna have it. It's gonna be maybe they have Goodell come up or a virtual Goodell come up in some way, like the robot version of Roger Goodell. A virtual Goodell. <laughs> Everything's virtual. But, I mean, think about this. The craziest thing about this is we're going to have guys who, like Dave Gettleman. We always talk about how Dave Gettleman hates computers. We're going to have him drafting basically with computer technology and using, like, an iPad. You know, he's right. accidentally going to click out of it or he's going to be the guy Somebody's going to be at his pills and send out a massive yeah. computer aids <laughs> to everybody. The draft's going <laughs> to shut down. Dude, you know, he'll he'll send Goodell and hit reply all, and it'll send it to all the teams, and he'll be putting like like important information in there. <laughs> you know, that's my point though. Like somebody's gonna be at his house. You know what I'm saying? Like he needs a baby. He needs a babysitter. Correct. It'll probably be his ten year old. His ten year old son. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be like. Hey, Ricky, I don't know if he has a son. Ricky Gettleman. I'm I'm sure his name is Ricky, Ricky Gettleman. I don't know why. Ricky Gettleman. He's got a stash too. He's a young boy, but he's got a stash. Yeah, he's he's like eleven. <sighs> he's built like an offensive lineman. He's ready to roll. But yeah, these two yep. are gonna struggle with this. And however yeah. they end up doing it for the live show, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's I mean, listen, it's the draft, so like it's Vegas, because maybe Vegas will rethink of taking people over in the boat when it comes back there the next time. Yeah, that's that's might not be the best idea. Oh, it was, right. it was definitely gonna be fun to watch. It's definitely gonna be weird though, man. Um, I'm waiting to see like, because of course there's no more time or anything, so I'm waiting to see like when or if or when I guess I should say. Something happens where we need to like pause the draft, <laughs> or somebody took a punter in the first round and like somebody hacked the shit. <laughs> in the Browns, the Browns take like a punter or some shit. Like you know, what I mean? it happens if you know someone's feed gets hacked in some way, and yeah, I know everyone correct. you make the call. It's going to be no different in that that you make the call to the guy who turns in the card. I don't know how they're going to do that. I can also see Goodell like picking up the phone and calling, like, "Hey, is what's going on here? Are you guys gonna be pick? Like, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of a leniency in case something like that happens because you also have to take into account, and this is the thing that I think is might be one of the more overlooked things, is the ability to talk and make trades and discuss these type of things with your personnel, your guys, you always see the war room, Jeremy, there's, there's 10, 12 people in that war and that, you know, everybody's giving their opinions. And, um, and usually the lions is the, you know, the lions war room, they make the wrong, you know, decisions, but there's still, you know what I mean? There's people in there. And for me, it's, it's, hard and i don't know if they need more time because come on dude i already think the first the first round will last too long mm-hmm. not this year like we need like if they need 30 minutes we you and i could be on here talking about a player but like we we need we need some live real content in our lives right now exactly and so i look forward to it and i, I can imagine a lot of teams are going to be set up where they're going to have a phone they're going to have a laptop they're going to have an ipad 
where they'll have, you know, they'll have maybe on the laptop on their Microsoft Teams meeting, they'll have their certain scouts and maybe more front office people on the iPad. They'll have their TVs rolling with anything. They'll have the phones with them. They'll have their cell phones. I mean, it's kind of like set up. Do you like think Belichick's right going to be like smashing Microsoft surfaces during this thing because he's pissed? Like he's he's going to be fucking throwing them. Yeah, someone's going to break something. I'm sure at some point. But I mean, <laughs> like we talked about last week, I mean, this is becoming a big deal this week. But we were on it last week talking about how this is going to be a lot of stress on the IT departments for these teams. Certain everything goes off without a hitch because everyone needs to be on the same page. They need to be able to get these this information quickly, and you can't look to the guy next to you now. You got to make sure his internet's not lagging. It's like you're trying to talk to your area scout, and he's got dial up for some reason because he's living in a trailer. And he's like, hey, I have anything else to say about this guy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, ex- exactly. It's going to be something will happen. Um, but I think for the most part, like these teams will be set up. They'll probably have like rooms set up with five or six giant TVs where they can see. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, um, that's the setup I'd have if I had their money right now. I'm telling you right now, right. I was set to roll with this. Yeah, I'd have, you know, my scouting department on one, you know, got the people on like a Zoom on one TV. You could talk to, I mean, we'll see. It doesn't matter what I would do because I'm not going to do it, but it's definitely going to be different. It's definitely going to be a different vibe. I'm, I hope I still have Mel Kuyper saying something to me from his house. I don't, I don't care where he's at. He's at the local bar. I just, I hope he's can say something about the, you know, the draft and we'll go from there. We'll definitely have Mel and Todd, 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 and yeah, they have to be. Yeah, come on, they're legends. And yeah, it's it's going to be different. But like I said in the open, you know, we've got the coronavirus going on. Our weather here in Cleveland has been snow, seventy degrees, tornadoes to whatever this wind and rain is tonight. It's just everything's been such a pain in the ass. We need the draft two weeks from tonight. My Detroit folks, man, just today, my Detroit folks went. They went from hail. To rain, to sunshine, to snow, in one day. That right there, my friends, is a day this, in April. This is the apocalypse. Correct. And this is Correct. also baseball season. <laughs> yes, yes. But yesterday, yesterday would have been a wonderful day to go to a ball game. <laughs> hey, here we are in the first inning. It's beginning to snow, and oh wait, the. <laughs> Everyone in the stands are being pelted with golf-sized hail right now, but it's okay. The sun just came out, and now we are in a rain delay. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting how they do this, and we've got more to talk about with the draft. When we come back, we're going to talk about three prospects that we love that we think are going to go too high and three prospects that we love who we think are going to go too low. We'll talk about the Falcons and Buccaneers New Jerseys and maybe hit on the fact that the Browns will introduce their New Jerseys next week. And then we'll finish the show with our top three draft busts, in our opinion. And we'll do all that after these. Yo, what up? It's Jeremy from the Full Coverage Football Show. Hey, did you get a new weapon for Christmas? A gun? Or any other holiday? Maybe your birthday? You're not able to go outside and shoot it yet. But you know, once once everything, all these mandatory lockdowns are done, and you're able to get outside again, and you're going to want to learn to use that weapon. You want to learn to use that weapon, and you want to go to the best place? 
go to Conceal Carry Ohio Firearms Academy. That's concealcarryohio.business.site or call the boys, 440-391-4118. Give them a call. Set yourself up now. Call before all these things start filling up. Get in there now. Get your concealed carry license. Learn how to use your weapon. These boys will take care of you. Once again, that's Concealed Carry Ohio Firearms Academy. You can find them on the web, concealcarryohio.business.site, or give the boys a call at 440-391-4118. Welcome back into the Full Coverage Football Show. We are live here on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pods, Apple Pods, anywhere you listen to your podcast. This is episode mm-hmm. number 27, and we are back to talk about three prospects we think will go too high, even though we love them, and three prospects who we love who will probably go too low. And I'll let you start with your first prospect, you think, who's going to go too high, but you still love them as a prospect. <clears throat> first prospect, I think he's going to go too high? Yep. Oof. Um. For me, it's going to be Justin Herbert. Well, no, it's not. It's going to be Jordan Love. Okay. I think he'll go too high. I like Jordan Love. I don't love Jordan Love. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but I. But we know. We do know. And and out of all these drafts, somebody's going to step up. Somebody's going to reach for the quarterback, and somebody's yep. going to fall on Jordan Love. And and I'm not saying that he's a bad prospect, but there's certainly a chance that that he goes earlier than he needs to. And and I I anticipate that happening. And. Sadly, this is my number one prospect who I also think will go too high, yet I love him as a prospect. I think he's got tons of talent. He's got top-notch arm strength. He's got great mobility in and out of the pocket. He can show great touch. He's 6'4". He's 224. He looks the part. But at times, at times, you can see where he just gets out of whack in the pocket. His lower body mechanics just... They're not right. They can definitely use improvement. And his throwing motion almost looks Tebow-like. And it's long, elongated. It's slow. And this is a guy who has the skills to be, you know, some people look at him as possibly, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes. And those those are just Those people are on drugs. <laughs> I mean, people. he's got that talent. He's faster. He's more athletic. And his arm strength is insane. But... Well, he's a freak. He's absolutely a freak, but he's just, he needs time to get his mechanics and his head into the game. And maybe, you know, last year was a fluke where his numbers went down to, I think, 20 touchdowns, 17 picks, but he's got all the skills to do it. He's going to need time, though. And in this era, you know, he's going round one, but in this era, it's, you have to start right now. So it's best that a team like, Indianapolis maybe trades up for him, lets him sit behind Phillip yeah. or something like that. You where rather than you have to swing on quarterbacks. Yep. If you miss, you miss. But at least you you took a swing. Yep. The problem is like with the Browns, like they've taken so many swings, but they've just missed so many damn times. Like, you know, but you gotta keep swinging, man, because you hope eventually you're gonna find somebody. Exactly. And this kid has the talent to be that guy, but you can't push him out there too soon. And even we see Patrick Mahomes only became possibly Patrick Mahomes because he had the time to sit behind an Alex Smith and learn from him. Correct. So he needs that kind of treatment, and that's the best thing for him. But I do think he could go as high as top 15, maybe top 10, and it's going to be too high for him. So who's your number two prospect that you love 
but you think will still go too high in this draft? Um, I'm going to go with T. Higgins. Okay. I think what you're going to see is I, I, I think T. Higgins is a beast, but in this draft class, he's – probably the fourth or fifth best wide receiver. Thing is, though, there's going to be a string of wide receivers that go, and they're going to go in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And I think you got Lamb and Judy and, and Henry Ruggs are going to go in a hurry. And I think you will see T. Higgins somewhere in the 20s. And I like him as a prospect. I just think he's a back-end first-round guy more at the end of the first round or even early second round, but I don't think he's going to go that. I mean, I don't think he's going to last that long. Yeah. I'm with you on T Higgins being a guy who you can see the things you love, but I think after the first three receivers where you said Judy lamb and rugs, I think after that, it's basically dealer's choice on who the next best wide receivers are, who fits your correct building the best and all that. But for my next player, who I think is going to go too high, even though I love him, and he may be my favorite prospect in this draft, but watching him more and more, I can see the issues that could happen at the next level. Isaiah Simmons, Higgins' teammate at Clemson, is a guy who I can see going as high as number three or maybe slide down a little further. If he goes in the top five, the – amount of pressure and expectations on him coming out immediately are going to be overwhelming. And this is a kid who I think right now at this point, we don't know if he's a linebacker, an off-the-ball well, linebacker, or a safety. Right. So and I think teams it, like that, though. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of teams who will use him properly. But if he goes to the wrong team and they try to peg him, take that round peg into the square hole, I think that he's going to struggle at times. He's not a guy who's great at getting off blocks. So if you're going to use him as an off-the-ball linebacker and have him going at giant offensive linemen every play, you're going to waste a lot of his talent. So he's a guy who I think this kid's all-world. He's an amazing athlete, runs a 4.39.40 at 6.4.230. Again, freak. like Absolutely and, freak. And, and like you said, he has I, – I, I could see him anywhere from 3 to 10. Mm-hmm. I don't see him at 3 necessarily. Trust me, the Lions – I think the Lions wouldn't mind trading back a little bit and taking a player like Isaiah Simmons because you know Matt Patricia, you know, and even Bob Quinn, they the, the versatility of this guy is something that they would love because they think they're smarter than everybody. Um, I, I, but again, you love the you love the talent because you that versatility is just so rare. Um, and it's it's something that I think will translate to the NFL, but I also think you have to look at it this way as well. You have a guy that's almost needing to learn two different positions in the – you know what I mean? Yep. You, you, and, and that is going to take time, um, and and you, that's going to be a learning curve, and he's going to make some mistakes. But but I think long-term, you would hope that that he would start understanding that terminology, getting better. Um but the kid, man, he he's fun. And I know a lot of Lions fans and Lions Nation would love some Isaiah Simmons. I'm I'm not I would love him, but not a not a number three. I'm with you on that. I could see him going anywhere, but he's gotta be used right. Absolutely needs to be put 
in a situation to succeed right off the bat, more so than a lot of other linebackers who know their linebackers. I could see him starting a free safety. I could see him starting a linebacker, but use him as a hybrid, use him correctly. And moving on, let's go to your third prospect who you love, but you think might go too high. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go with a – I'm going to go with another another popular player here. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I think there's going to be – Jonathan Taylor will get taken in the 20s, in my opinion. And I love Jonathan Taylor. There's a lot of tread on those tires. Mm-hmm. He pounded the ball a lot at Wisconsin. I love the prospect of it, but again, we talk about the running back thing, and I, I almost think, you know, the other two guys behind him. Although, I mean, Swift has the least amount of tread because because Georgia did such a nice job of of kind of changing up their running backs because Dobbins has a lot on him as well, yep. but. But I think Jonathan Taylor will probably get taken a little too high just because of his skill set. And I love Jonathan Taylor. I just love Jonathan Taylor at the top of the second round. Mm. I don't love him in the first round. But I think I think somebody will take him in the first round. I really like Jonathan Taylor. I think he's also a prospect who a lot of guys are going to overlook because you already know exactly what he is. He's a one-move downhill running back who's already very good. You know what he is, so teams will look at him and go, well... He's polished, man. He's we polished. know what he is, <clears throat> but, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be this. He could be Brian Westbrook, but with the running backs, those guys are all interchangeable. They go anywhere. I'm with you. If he goes in the first round, I mean, I think he's going to be good right off the bat. I don't know how long his career will be, but he could definitely get drafted too high. And my third player is another Big Ten guy, and that's Ohio State linebacker Malik Harrison. Now, this kid, originally he was looked at as, you know, mid-round pick, maybe fourth round. There's talk now that he's moving on up on draft boards, moving on up, but all the way to possibly even the bottom of the second round. Now, I like Malik Harrison as a player. I think he's very talented. He's fast, 6'3", 247. The thing he worries me with is his pass right now in the pass game. His coverage is just not good at all and he will get beat up in the pass game eaten alive by tight ends right off the bat so for this kid he's got to be put in the right spot he's a KJ Wright type player where he's best downhill and if you try to drop him in coverage right off the bat he's going to struggle I agree with you man we got our three prospects who we love now we like all those guys, but we think there's a chance they could go too high. Now let's go to three prospects we love who we think could go too low. And I will start this one off right now. And I will go with offensive tackle, Josh Jones. Now, this is a very good tackle draft. We've hit on, you know, Beckton, Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Willis, who I think is the best one out of all of them. And Austin Jackson. You've got Ezra Cleveland. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Now, Josh Jones is a guy who you watch him on film and he dominates almost everybody he plays, but he also played at Houston. So you're looking at a guy who played yep. lesser competition at times. And the biggest thing with him, even though I think he's a definite first round talent, is he gets really, 
really annoyingly lazy on film a lot of times. I don't know if he just got bored with beating the shit out of kids. Like, he was the bully. He's like, you know what? I've stolen all their lunch money. I'm done with this. I'm good. Or what it was. But he's a kid who just got really lazy on tape. And I think he could drop into the second round, maybe be there at the top of the second round when the Bengals pick, which would be great for them. Maybe slide his into the 50s. But he's definitely a first-round talent. Man. I'll tell you what. Here's – and this might be a little interesting because I – I personally think that Derek Brown could slip a little bit. Okay. Um, I, however, he's definitely going to go. I think the defensive tackle position could sit. I could see Javon Kinlaw slip into a place where he, because I think this dude actually might be the best defensive tackle in the entire draft. Kinlaw? Yes. Yeah. And, and, it's just weird with the defensive tackles, with the way the draft's set up. I think Derek Brown could, again, slip a little bit, and Kinlaw is going to go after him. But I think Kinlaw is a top-10 player, and I don't think he's going to get taken there. No, I mean, I said it here two weeks ago. I thought Kinlaw should go ahead of Derek Brown. But I'm with you. Derek Brown is another guy where you watch him on film, and there's times where you're watching other players, and he just dominates everyone. Alabama dominated him, though. Yeah, and he, <laughs> I mean, he can be pushed around a little bit. And is that the guy you want to take, you know, in the top five, top seven, where, you know, some people have seen him? I'm not sure about that, but I'm with you on that. So moving on to my next guy, I'll go to wide receiver out of Colorado, LaVisca Chenault. I think this kid is a Sammy Watkins type player at 6'1, 227 pounds. He's a junior. I mean, he's got. Boom or bust potentially. Ran a 4-5, 8-40. He was 17 reps on the bench press. He he flashed as a true freshman, and then he was pretty good as a sophomore. I mean, he's one of those players who – I mean, he played all three wide receiver spots in Colorado. He's got size, strength, speed. He, he bursts into his routes. He's got sudden hands where he just stabs the ball out of the air, kind of like a new Hopkins. But – he didn't get better last year after having a pretty good 2018. I mean, he's missed a lot of playing time. His route work can get lazy at times. I mean, even though I really like this kid and I would probably take him ahead of T Higgins, who we talked about earlier. Mm. I mean, he's a guy who could possibly go too high and have too much expected out of him right away. And I thought he was a perfect guy for at 57 for, the Houston Texans, but apparently they liked the corpse of Brandon Cooks yep, to go Brandon along Cooks with the, the corpse of David Johnson for them. But yeah, that's my second guy who I really like, but I think he's definitely going to go too high. All right, am I up? You are up. All right, I'm going to go with Ashton Davis out of Cal. I like Ashton Davis. Okay. I, I like Ashton Davis too. When <laughs> I watch Cal, he's fun. Okay. He'll step up. He'll hit a guy. He's he's good in coverage. You you. It, I I actually just like the way Cal actually played defensively, even in the Pac-12. They're uh, they're a fun team to watch. And when you watch him, he's all over the field. Now, you think what? Well, Grant Delpit's definitely going to go ahead of him. Xavier McKinney probably going to go ahead of him. I think the 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 
between McKinney and Delpit, there is a significant drop off to me between those two and Ashton Davis. And I still think he's going to go up higher, not higher than those two, but he'll definitely be drafted maybe a little bit ahead of where he should be just because teams are going to fall in love with him because he's fun. He's a mm-hmm. fun player to watch and he's, He's everywhere. And you watch – I'm telling you, you watch Cal, and that dude's name is called quite often. Yes, it is. Very good player, and the safeties are going to be a lot of fun to watch because there's five or six safeties in this draft who could make instant instant contributions going into next year. And we do have some breaking news from Stefania Bell. Stefania Bell at Stefania underscore ESPN. She spoke with two surgeons who know Tua and his hip better than anyone. Dr. Chip Route and Dr. Lyle Kane. They're optimistic not only now, but for the future on his hip. So there we got some more Tua news. Seems that uh, two hip surgeons or two doctors that know Tua say he's pretty good, but what would you expect them to say who know him? So that we'll go on that. Now moving on to my third prospect, who I absolutely love, but I think is going to go a little too high. That's going to be an inside linebacker is kind of a throwback. He played in the Mountain West Conference, redshirt senior, 6'2", 241 pounds. That is Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. I mean, we don't talk about a lot of guys out of Wyoming, but. What do you mean? This guy, he's a throwback oh, linebacker. Josh, Josh Allen, dude. What are you talking about? The guy's a gunslinger out there. I mean, yeah, Josh Allen is. Uh, Your favorite. I still just, I like him, like. I want to like Josh Allen and watching him, you know, Thanksgiving last year, he was fun to watch, but I just think last year was a fluke. We shall see. But Logan Wilson, who is a fun guy to watch. He's a throwback linebacker. He loves to hit the holes, loves to clear blocks. I mean, he's going to have issues in man coverage right away. And I think a lot of teams are going to probably get him in the second, maybe early third round who, are going to want him to start right away. And he's going to, he's going to struggle off the bat, but I think he's a guy who can develop if in the right situation, who can develop into probably, you know, a Joe Schobert type player at some point. But yeah, I really like Logan Wilson, but I'm afraid of where he goes and how high that is. So who's your third and final guy that you love, but probably will go too high. Christian Fulton. Ooh. And the reason I say that is Jeff Okuda is going to be snagged off the board early, right? Mm-hmm. Christian Fulton, it, I also think this. <clears throat> While what you see with Christian Fulton is fantastic, he – LSU is, is going to have a lot of guys drafted early, right? Mm-hmm. That was a big time. It, that defense at times got picked apart. At times that defense got picked apart. I like Christian Fulton. I just think he goes too high based off where Jeff Okuda goes because the drop-off between those two is ridiculous, and you know massive. that. Absolutely massive. And, and, and I think C.J. Henderson may be the better prospect, and I think he could even go ahead of Christian Fulton. But Christian Fulton, again, I, I have some concerns with him. This cornerback class I don't think is fantastic. I think it's Jeff Okuda and a bunch of other guys. Um and, and again, LSU, LSU, man, that team was stacked. We'll see. We'll see. But you, you, always, you always like you, you corners coming out of LSU. You always like defensive backs coming out of LSU. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, I think C.J. Henderson 
is a better player. Christian Fulton will get drafted ahead of him. Yeah, Jeff Gladney's another guy at cornerback out of uh, TCU who I think could possibly go in that, you know, maybe second or third overall uh, corner taken. But like you said, drop off. I don't remember a drop off this dramatic. This is not from, a great corner class in my from opinion. The, I mean, Okuda, I think, is an all time prospect based on what we've seen out of him. And then the drop off after that, it's like you have a guy who. Pro- I mean, projects to be an all-pro, possibly Hall of Fame-type talent to guys who could probably make some Pro Bowls, maybe. I mean, that is a huge drop-off, but I'm with you on that. Fulton, solid player, but if there's you only a corner, a, a corner, there's one corner on in this draft that's a that's a CB one, mm-hmm. and it's named Jeff Okuda. Absolutely, I am 100% with you on that one. And those are three prospects we love who will go too high, and three prospects we love. That could go too low. And now we shall move on to talk about fashion because I'm pretty fashionable. I mean, I, I've been at Hoodpants for like <laughs> nine months now working from home. I don't think I've worn jeans in like three weeks or anything other than shorts and a hoodie. Yep. But yeah, speaking of fashion, we're going to talk about let's, uh, let's go with Tampa Bay's New Jersey's first. What do you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers New Jerseys that came out? This I'm okay. Week? I'm okay with Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, I'm with them. I wanted the creamsicles personally. I did too. Personally, I was looking for the creamsicles, but they're they're not terrible. They're not terrible. I think they're definitely better than what they have now. I'm all mm-hmm. in on. Them, dude. I mean, they're fine. A little creamsicle, maybe a color rush creamsicle, would do us fine. Maybe they can spit that in. But the, I, I think the people wanted the creamsicle. They didn't deliver. Yeah, I think overall. I think they look pretty good. What do you think about them? I really dig the new uniforms because they kind of kept with the the authentic look of the team where you had the right. pewter. I like the all pewter jerseys. Those are pretty nice. Or maybe they're black. I can't tell. I think they're supposed to be pewter. I like the red. It's cool, though. I mean, yeah, that would have been nice to see him <laughs> look like, I mean, looking all Trent Dilfer-ish yeah. in the uh, late 90s. These jerseys, they definitely they kept them nice. They kept them simple. They didn't overdo it with a bunch of random stripes or anything down the leg. But these ones definitely did a good job. I am a fan of these. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see them, you know, in the Super Bowl next year because now they got Tom Brady, right? Yeah, I don't know about all that. Let's relax a little bit. <laughs> and these are they definitely did a good job with these jerseys. And as a Browns fan, I know next week the Browns new jerseys are gonna get announced. Oh wow. And I'm hoping the Browns stick to simplicity. What do you mean? They're colored to the worst in sport. <laughs> I totally dig the color rush jersey and the brown and orange. I think those are sweet looking. And I know yeah, the brown and but the, you, just you the brown only, and orange is terrible, like yeah. color combination. I mean, you can only do so much with brown and orange, and like it works for the t- Bengals because a Bengal tiger can pull off those colors. You, and you could go like brown and something else, though, as long as you got brown, right? But brown's kind of a terrible color to have, just I mean, in general. And the thing is, so many people look at that and they think, oh, well, they're the Browns. Their color has to be brown. No, they're named after a guy named Paul Brown. Well, no, we know that. but but, <laughs> and, but and it, <laughs> it drives me crazy when people think that, though. <laughs> so, I mean, they could eventually change the colors. I don't think they do. I think they need a logo. Go back to the Elf. Give me, give me Elf as a logo. Just go with it. Give me Brownie the Elf. 
do something right. Just get away from the ones you had do now. The, with do the kids even know who Brownie the Elf is? No, but this team needs something other than a helmet. It's as... a helmet, dude. The Browns logo is like, like if you like open up your dad's like nineteen seventies like, like cards, cards. Like you know what I mean? Like you'd be like, oh man, look at that. There's the Houston Oilers, and then there's the Cleveland Browns, who are just a football helmet. That's brown. I mean, they're they're the clip. Art. They're the 1994 <laughs> Windows clip art logo. Terrible. And knowing how the Browns work things, I could see them being the first team to put their logo on the helmet, which is also a helmet. I mean, that's how ridiculous. A football, a football helmet on a yeah. football helmet. <laughs> that's oh that's, man, that'd be fantastic. I could see them doing that, and if they did, I would just. I don't know. I I would lose my mind. But speaking of worst jerseys, Atlanta's jerseys. I am terrible. Not a fan of all. Terrible, dude. Terrible. That ATL across the middle is the worst. It's it's dude. That's disgusting. It's bad. And, and the font of the the numbers. The no- like, oh, the numeric font. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. No, that in Tampa Bay. And somebody like made a good. Team. It does. It it. It, and that's kind of. I feel like the. I feel like the Jets kind of teetered on that shit yeah, last year I didn't too. Like the Jets jerseys either. You know what I mean? Like it did. Definitely felt like any given Sunday type stuff. <laughs> but like that, those jerseys, Atlanta's are terrible. And the problem is they they unleash their jerseys like in a pandemic where all we have to do is just rip their freaking jerseys to shreds, <laughs> and people have just been tearing into Atlanta's jerseys. They're just terrible. There's like the all white ones may be passable, but they're just not great. No, I'm not a fan of them at all. <laughs> and this is Atlanta's a city with you figure with the great hip hop culture they have there and the style they. I, mean, I didn't think their I didn't think their jerseys were bad in the first place. No, I liked them. I liked the all black jerseys, especially. Yeah. You know, with the dirty bird on the logo. I mean, yeah. I like that. I've always thought Atlanta Mike Vick made Atlanta cool, dude. Yeah. You could should just go back to that and they had the sweet red jerseys when Vick was there. Those yeah. red jerseys look nice. These ones, no. This is Trash. Go, not to go back to the Browns like, or like we always go back to our teams, but the day the Falcons released their uniforms, the Browns should have been like, yo, here, let's release ours because they can't possibly work be worse right. than this. Right, exactly. Yep, yeah, you're right. That would have been so, a good idea. We absolutely agree on that, which we tend to do a lot on this show. But before we move on to the final segment of the show, what's the best jersey in all of football? All time. All time? All time. What's your favorite football jersey? To be honest with you, yep, mine hasn't really changed much over the years, man. I like the Oakland Raiders jerseys, dude. I've always have. I always will. One honorable mention for me would be the old Houston Oilers jerseys that were like a outer blue and orange. Yeah. Remember those? Those Dude. were sick. Those were pretty sick. But it had just the Houston Oilers logo, which was just like a – a what was this? it was an oil rig, which is like a a dude behind it. <laughs> like, like in a three-point stance, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure yep. that that's what it was. They definitely and did have that. What are yours? I, I, I'm telling you, man, I think the Raiders, though, they've always been slick. That black and silver, you can't beat it. Yeah. 
the Raiders have had the same jersey. They haven't changed it since 1946. And that tells you it, that, that it's working. I mean, and that people love it. Yeah. Leave it alone. Some of these jerseys, like the old brown jerseys that were just simple brown, they worked. The brown with the white numerals, those worked. You didn't need to change it. You had what worked. And what worked for me growing up, I remember one of my favorite jerseys is actually your team. I think it was the 90, 1996 jersey with Barry Sanders. It had the it was the Honolulu blue, but it had the silver on the sleeve. I loved those jerseys growing up. I wanted a Barry Sanders jersey. Never ended up buying a jersey. But my favorite jersey of all time is the only opposing team jersey that I've ever bought in my life. And that was the Can I guess? San Diego. Go ahead. San Diego Chargers. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sorry you said that. <laughs> I started it. It made it a little easier for you. But, yeah, the San Diego Chargers powder blue jerseys. I had a LaDainian Tomlinson jersey. Yeah, those Loved it. Those, you're right. They're, uh, those are solid ones. I'm telling you, they're, they're so good ones. Like, I like the Lions when they do, like, the turkey day where, like, they, they used to do these turkey days where, like, just a just – like a metallic silver mm-hmm. helmet with the blue and the silver and this and the, that that's a good look there. Yeah, that was definitely a good look. I like the old cowboy jersey with the star on the sleeve, like the '94, I think it was. I know my dad had a Troy Aikman jersey. I bought him for Christmas, like way What's back. What's the, the worst day. jersey, dude? What's the what? What's the worst jersey? The Steelers Bumblebee jersey, the worst That's jersey exactly for me. What I was thinking, no, no, it's for everybody. <laughs> that has I mean, to be what I was thinking. Or the meat packing district looking Green Bay Packers jerseys that are like creamish. Yeah, no, I don't trust me. I'm yeah, and they got like, <laughs> and then then they have blue, and then like the 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 numbers in like a circle. <laughs> it's like it's a big circle of the numbers. Yeah, those are terrible. I mean, now I don't like the Jets jerseys. I don't like the Falcons jerseys. Yeah, but like the it, man, there's been there's had. I'm just trying to think of like what would be the worst jersey I've ever seen. Yeah, there's, there's Jacksonville's so many- Jacksonville had those vomit colored ones, dude. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm trying to think of which ones you're talking about, dude. It was like a color rush, and it's just like puke color. <laughs> Jacksonville. Yeah, man. It's like a uh, – uh, yeah, a pew collar. That's, that's all I got to say. All right. <laughs> Jacksonville, you know, back in the Jimmy Smith days, they had some nice jerseys. I like the black jerseys. I think they had the teal sleeves on them. Those were nice jerseys, I thought, back in the day. But, yeah, there's been so many bad jerseys. And stop trying to overdo NFL jerseys. The simplistic ones, like we said, the Raiders. Those are the best ones. Keep Dude, the simple. things that we like about the NFL, at least me personally, is like the history and like the like your your team's like founded. Like you don't need to be changing the shit all the time. Like yeah. you are what you are. My team's a sorry ass team. Your team's a sorry ass team that has yep. the worst uniforms and logo in the in all sports. <laughs> but that's what it is. You know what I mean? That's what we're, where we're at. So like like let's just be what we are. Like you've been growing up with having that shit your whole life. Like you have a football helmet for a logo. Mm-hmm. Like it's, <laughs> it's like literally I'm, like you had the, the 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 child with special needs and everybody else <laughs> had normal children and your <laughs> child came up with a football helmet. And, and everybody's like, oh that's cute and stuff. Like all the other kids were like, yeah, that's fucking terrible. But like don't don't hate on it. Let him <laughs> let him think it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So like it's, it's that's that's how it is, but 
I mean, it let us just have what we have. Like, you can tweak stuff. We don't need overhaul. Like, we don't need this stuff. Like, this is no. – we're not trying to, like, become the NBA. This is the, – the NBA does shit like that all the time. Yeah. Changing they, – they're changing everything. I swear, the Pistons – You remember when they had, like, the horse and, like, the – in the, the grand- forms were like yeah I'm green and shit or like uh, the Grand Hill era yeah it was terrible it was fucking terrible we're 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 a red white and blue you know red and blue team like then get out of here with this this green and orange like the NBA does that terribly I got on a kind of a rant there but anyway Atlanta's jerseys are I'm terrible. with you they're terrible <laughs> they absolutely are they're terrible <laughs> and I mean I'm with you on the NBA the NBA definitely is a league that overdoes it the Cavs have 30 different jerseys they've worn this season. And their colors are wine and gold, yet I've seen them in wine and gold like twice. No, the, so. the best Cavs jerseys are the throwback Mark Price blue and, and orange bad boys. I like the blue and orange. I also like the original wine and gold, like the Austin Carr 1970s. Those were the ones I really liked. But now the, because they won the title in the black sleeve jerseys, I always have to see those. No. Those are the worst jerseys ever. LeBron's a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. The kiss method, NFL. When you're doing the jerseys, keep it simple. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's what the Browns do next week. I'm sure you, <laughs> sure when we come on air next week, you'll have a lot to Nobody say. Here's what your jerseys look like, dude. Your jerseys when are going to look like games. They're going to be brown. They're going to be orange. And they're going to look like crap. Listen, when you grow up and those are the colors, you end up <laughs> loving them. I love them. I don't – just because it's my team. And, uh-huh. I mean – Blue and silver is way cooler. Oh, it definitely is, and I love those jerseys. Trust me, I'm I'd, rather, I'd rather have that. But th- another right. thing, when we're talking jerseys, one thing that Pittsburgh did right, even though we talk about them having the worst jerseys, the Bumblebee ones, mm-hmm. all three of their major sports franchises have the same, the same colors. Color. Yeah, How, I mean that would be great to be able to do, but no, it, it, mine. I mean, mine doesn't have. Yeah, oh, we have blue in all of our. Yeah. I mean, you except got the red, except the Red Wings. I was gonna say the Red Wings, not, not right. really that blue. But let's move on to the final segment of the night and the show before we start rambling too much. Our top three draft busts of all time. Of all time. I'll let you. I'll let you start. Who's your number one? Jamarcus Russell. Trash. Jamarcus. Scissor. Trash. Listen, Jamarcus Russell got drafted, put on another thirty pounds, <laughs> never looked in a playbook. He had – dude, Jamarcus Russell had one of the greatest arms that we've ever seen. 80 yards on his knees. And, 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 and he just came out and got paid and just didn't care. That was it. That's all he wanted. Like, when he got to the NFL, that was it for him. That was all he needed. Mm-hmm. He just needed that one payday. That's all he cared about. Jamarcus Russell, trash. Just on it. Like, come on. And, and that's – He's got to be the worst to me. You have a you have a worse number one than Jamarcus Russell. No, I'll ask you that. I didn't really go with the top three that most people would think all time. I put my three notable ones for me. But if you type in Jamarcus Russell on Google, the first thing that comes up is contract. The second thing that will come up when you type Jamarcus Russell Broke. is 80, 80 yards on his knees. And that contract he got, six years, $61 million with $32 million guaranteed. And this is the only quarterback – you know – only quarterback who probably was bigger than his left tackle. And he was over how, three bills. Yeah. How old do you think Jamarcus Russell is now? 38. 34, dude. Damn. 34 years old. 
Like, this is a guy who should still be yeah. in the NFL. Did, yeah. did Jamar Russell, that seems like a million years ago. That I know. I, I was saying the same thing. Like, that was a long <laughs> time ago. And I look, and he's 34 years old. He's you said we were doing you're like, first you draft us, the first thing in my head was Mark Strassel. Yep. Like Darko Milicic is with, with the NBA. Like, this is... Listen, we will ha- we're going to have to talk Darko one day because – No, we don't. I still think Darko is the right pick. Okay. And oh. I know that sounds completely ignorant, but Look. I think if they take Mello in that spot or they take Dwayne Wade, I think it changes – the way that team was because that team was perfect the way they were and they didn't need anyone. They should have traded that pick away for like 17 other picks. So no, they but, shouldn't have just traded the pick. To, they should have just given it to somebody because that's yeah. basically what they did with Darko. They could have <laughs> just given the pick to somebody and they would be like, Hey, the team is still good. Like that's, I don't I mean, know why we got there. Let's move on. No, don't get me upset about that. <laughs> and especially your terrible take that Darko is right pick. Terrible take. If they take Melly, you don't win the title. If they take Melo, you don't win a title. Trust me. I understand that. <laughs> nope. Yeah, dude, my favorite thing is Melo said that if he would have got by the Pistons, he would win multiple titles. And then Ben Wallace comes out and says, nah. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Like, nah, nah. yeah, I'm 100% with that. But my, I'll start mine. Top three busts of all time. My pick going here first, Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Ryan Leaf, 6'5". He looked the part of a quarterback. And the thing Not that bothered he get bossed, but he slid down a bad path. Yeah, and the thing that bothers me the most and makes me think he's a huge bust, other than the fact that he was the number two overall pick, is there were teams who wanted to pick him over Peyton freaking Manning. Mm. I mean, could you imagine if Indianapolis was like, "Yeah, let's pass on Peyton Manning," because Ryan Leaf looks the part and. He was pretty good, you know, at Washington State. He was a cougar. I mean, he was a finalist for the Heisman. Let's take him. No, that was – that would have been well, – Didn't he get, like, um, busted, like, breaking in, like, a like a pharmacy, stealing prescription pills? Or yeah, he, he got he got hopped up in all kinds of prescription pills. He's turned his life around, thankfully. Yeah, no, good for him. God bless. And, I mean, I'm not trying to I mean, be mean to me. No, but, yeah, he, he had – Injury struggles. I mean, his work ethic was terrible. He wanted to take every pill possible. Started yelling at reporters. I mean, anything that could go wrong for this guy did. I mean, and then he, I want to say he got his life turned around. It was like a gym teacher or something and then got arrested again. Went down a bad rabbit hole. But yeah, he, <laughs> he was, let's, it was something like that. Like, oh, it no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. Let's see. Yeah, in 2002, it was painkillers. He got clean for a little bit. 2010. God, it was, it was 2002. Yep, man, Controlled I'm old, dude. I'm getting old. This shit seems like it would. Doesn't it seem like I like I don't know, man. I'm, trust me, when I found out that Jamarcus was only 34, it made yeah. me totally old because yeah. I'm like, he's got to be at least 42. <laughs> but I mean, even looking at this, like Ryan Leaf's only 43. But yeah, I mean, he's Tom Brady. It's, yeah. it's insane, but yeah, definitely a big issue. So let's go with your number two. Who you got next for top three busts? Your boy. Johnny? No. Oh, no. man. Brett Richardson. <laughs> Listen. Man. The thing is, man, like, everybody kind of thought that that was the pick, right? Yeah. Like, they took – well, first of all, that was the year they took what? Brandon Whedon and Trent Richardson, is that correct? Mm-hmm. They had like, two picks in, like, the top. Because the, Brown, the Browns – 
the Browns run the top ten of the draft, dude. Like the top <laughs> the top ten of the draft runs through Berea, Ohio. Yep. Um, but yeah, Trevor Richardson, everybody thought was the pick, and then I think his first play. I mean, listen, everybody thought he was gonna be good. Didn't it say, I thought his first play? He like busted some fucking run or something. I can't. Remember. He he did his first carry of the regular season. He went off left tackle, hash, between Joe Thomas and. <laughs> yeah. Great, yeah, great left, left tackle and left guard to run through. And, and Eric Steinbach, I believe, was a, a pro bowler. So you had two massive pro bowl. I mean, that offensive line was incredible they had that year. He goes between those two guys, hits Eagle safety Kurt Coleman square in the mouth, knocks this guy's helmet off, and Cleveland is pounding beers and giving high fives. And we're like, oh, he's going to be a stud. He's going to be a start. And then he was trash and got traded. For somehow for another first-round pick. Then he went over to Indianapolis and was terrible. Yeah, and he had issues, you know, afterwards with running out of money because he trusted people with his money, and he was a sad story. Yeah, so that's my number two. Listen, man, I had to I had to poke fun of your team because your team's got some <laughs> definitely some on this on this list. Yeah, I uh, I was gonna go that route. I'm like, I could go like looking at our two teams. We could do a whole four-hour show on our draft bus. Next one's, my next one's on my team, so. I mean, I almost went with a bunch of them, but I'm looking at that draft, that 2012 draft. You look at the top ten, and the only two guys who really matter right now in the NFL, I mean, Ryan Tannehill and Stephon Gilmore out of the top ten. And you Ryan Tannehill, like, almost didn't matter there for a while. Yeah. But, and – only because Keekley retired because Keekley was the ninth pick in that draft. The top ten, you had Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin, Trent Richardson, Matt Khalil, Justin Blackman. Talk about bus. Oh, Mo Claiborne. He got drafted. Dude, he was Oklahoma State. He got drafted to the Jags. Yep. And then, Mo yeah. Claiborne, Mark Barron, then Tannehill went eight. Keekley yeah. went nine. Stephon Gilmore went ten. I mean. That's a, that's a terrible draft. Yeah, I'm looking through here and, like, Fletcher Cox dropped a 12. No, Fletcher Cox was a beast, but yeah. I mean, New England got Chandler Jones at 21. The player I liked in that draft went 20, Kendall Wright out of Baylor. And then, of course, the Browns at 22 take Brandon fucking Whedon, baby. 46-year-old Brandon Whedon. I mean, yeah, that was a hell of a weird (laughs) draft. Yeah. I mean, Trent Richardson could have been great, and he he just wasn't. So my next guy is a linebacker who went to the combine, blew it up, was a stud, looked the part 6'2", 255 pounds, went fourth overall to the Seahawks in the 9 draft, Aaron Curry. Mm. This, this was a guy everyone thought was going to be the next, you know, Derek Brooks type. He was just going to be all over the place. He was going to be a star linebacker. Correct. And he, he did – Absolutely nothing. He's terrible. I mean, he did two, played two years in Seattle. Went to the Raiders afterwards. Finished his career with the Giants in 2013. He was ended in, up he was with in the league, what five, six years? Yeah, I mean, 244 we, tackles, five sacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for the fourth overall pick, absolutely terrible. He's he's another guy only 34 years old should still be playing right now. All right, Charles Rogers, man. Oof. Number two overall, right? Correct. Oof. Charles Rogers, uh it was <laughs> it was a terrible pick. The guy had 
The guy had issues before he even got drafted. Every team had his issues on the radar. Charles Rogers turned out. If you don't know the story, Google Charles Rogers. I'm not going to get into it. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. He, he may be the biggest draft bust of all time because people thought he was going to be the next Jerry Rice, right? Like, like yep. what people thought of him is as high and prestigious as you can think of a wide receiver. And then, of course, you get a GM who has the hard-on for wide receivers. He just mm-hmm. drafts them like crazy. Probably the worst GM in all sports ever. Um, and, and you come up with Charles Rogerson. It's a tragedy. And, look, he, he's his life kind of took a spiral like we've talked about. But, but the, the, it was a bad pick from day one, and, and it just turned out to be such a disaster. Yeah, I mean, Charles Rogers, what, like 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, he was – dude, and then, but he was a lazy pothead, right? You got to – I mean – <laughs> But, yes, I mean, he thin, was to be the guy. I mean, thin frame, but he looked the part. He had great hands, was great in college, and, yeah, just, just trash in the NFL. Oh, sad story, though. Yeah. But yeah. my final guy here is a guy – who I think gets overlooked a lot, a number one overall pick who did absolutely nothing. And this was, we're going to go all the way back to 95. So in our wee days, Kajana Carter mm-hmm. went number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, who if you look at teams who have terrible <laughs> draft busts, you go <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, Browns the, Bengals, the Lions, and yeah. the Bengals. It's like something if, – <laughs> If you're in that triangle of if you know, Cincinnati, no. Cleveland, Detroit, yeah. <laughs> but the Bengals had the fifth pick in that draft. They traded with the expansion Carolina Panthers. And basically, this was the – I mean, this was a trade that really helped the Panthers get good quick because they ended up getting uh, Tyrone Poole and Kerry Collins in the first round because of this trade. Got their quarterback. But, yep, and Kerry Collins – Solid player. Damn solid. I mean, led them to an NFC title game. He's underrated. Kerry Collins is. He was. But his teammate was Carter. I mean, this was a guy who he was supposed to be a star. When you watched him run, this was a kid who you're like, okay, out of all the running backs you ever see, could do everything. Teams, guys would look at him and be like, this guy is God. And then he goes out there, injures his knee, like his first game. And then he just – he blew out his knee. It was on the turf at the Pontiac Silverdome mm. in 95. And he just which, – Which, by the way, for people that don't understand, in 95, playing at the Silverdome and really playing on artificial turf anywhere was basically playing on concrete with a light yep. surface of AstroTurf <laughs> on top of it. That's the yeah. way it was. Yep. And, and so, yes, there was lots of, of knee tearing – you get beat up played on that kind of surface, especially back in the nineties. Nowadays it's, it's the, the, the artificial is almost like the same as the, is the normal grass. But yeah, back then you had lots of guys blow out their knees, you know, it, it, it would hurt to get tackled onto that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kajana was supposed to be a great star and just injuries took that guy's career and what could have been. And it basically like the Bengals, in the mid nineties had a decent offense. They had guys like Carl Pickens and uh, Jeff Blake, I think was a quarterback. They were fun to watch. And if they would have had 
Kajana Carter in that team, they could have been a pretty good team. Or if they would have taken Kevin Carter, who I believe was the guy they wanted in that draft, if they didn't trade back, they would have had at least a defensive end who ended up being pretty good later on in his career. But yeah, Kajana Carter is my number three draft bust. And who is your third and final? Or you already went. Yeah. Right? That was you already went. Charles Rogers was my third. Now, I mean, if we want to go into honorable mention, we can name anybody our teams have picked since 2000. Yeah. Titus Young. For the most part. Johnny Manziel. I mean, do we need Javid Bass? I mean, the Browns, I mean, uh, they've had multiple drafts where they had two first-round picks and missed on both of them. Cam Irving, Justin Gilbert, Danny Shelton. I mean, oh, God. It's just, yeah, Danny Shelton's on my team now. Yeah. And Danny Shelton, they took 12th overall, was supposed to be a stud. And Lions fans. A couple years later. Lions fans think Danny Shelton's our savior. So that's where Danny, we're at right now. You know, I will say this about Danny Shelton. He is uh, he's a good, solid player, but he wasn't a top 15 player. Yeah. And he's also one of the nicest players you'd ever talk to. So if you ever want a really nice Samoan dude to hang out with, Danny Shelton's your dude. I just want to win a damn football game. Yeah. I give a shit yeah, if he's Samoan, he's Asian, <laughs> he's Russian. I am with you on that. That's why next week when the Browns get their jerseys and everyone's like, oh, look what they've done this offseason. Look at the new I can't jerseys. Wait They're so wonderful. We can make fun of those jerseys. <laughs> I hope I like them at least. But, I mean, the reason the jerseys are important right now is because when you watch your team suck, at least you have something decent, and that's the jerseys. But, no, just win football games, baby. Yeah. Win. Just win, baby. Keep your jerseys the same since 1946. The Raiders did it right. And anything else you want to get into before no. we get out of here tonight? That's it. I'm just sick, right. of, sick of bullshit no sports and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice to get back to normalcy eventually, and hopefully that happens soon. So everyone out there, if you don't need to go out and cough on people, don't do it. Stay home. Hope everyone's getting better. Draft is in two weeks. We should have a fun draft show. We'll figure two out weeks what we're tonight. Yeah, we got two weeks to figure that We shall figure that out because that's we big time definitely – we definitely need to have our live 100% official reaction, not our, we thought about it for a day and let's go from here. So yeah, with that, as always, remember, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere, Google pods, anywhere you listen to pods. And as always, remember, if you live the life you love, you'll love the life.